Reese. Hello, Jason. How are you this week? I am doing better now, mate. I've uh, had my own bout of the old dirty Rona, so apologies. You did Adam Reynolds, did you, a couple of weeks ago? I did, mate. So apologies to everyone. This uh, podcast is coming out a day later. Uh, I still was not feeling the greatest yesterday. The voice is still feeling a bit bit yuck, so uh, I'll try and uh, try and get you to talk more on this podcast, mate. So you might have to do a bit more heavy lifting apart from... It's an improvement already. <laughs> um, yeah, mate. So uh, that's that's how my week's been. I'm just happy to be uh, be alive again. So um, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's that's where I'm at. Good mate. to have you back, mate. Good to have you back. That's all right, mate. I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. Um, unlike your mighty mighty Broncos, mate. But uh, we will we will get into that a little bit later on. Um, There's only three games of three nights of footy on the weekend. I thought Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, that's right. There was no game on Sunday or two games on Sunday. It was just a, it was a day off. So yeah, yeah, bye week, bye day, bye bye week. Sure, it, it definitely was for one particular team on a Sunday afternoon. Um, we will get into everything rugby league sorted, but we'd be remiss if we didn't have our little thirty second chat on the Oscars moment from a couple of days ago. Uh, the Chris Rock Will Smith slap down. Reese, what did you? The fresh pit, fresh print. Or Bel Air, smacking the rock. Well, it is. Well, he's from he's from West Philly, mate. He's you know he, he brought some of that Philly a- attitude out. So he wasn't always from Bel Air. So you know, oh, Will he can throw a couple, I guess. He did play Ali. You know, he's got some moves. I thought it was a joke at first, but um, so did I. He laughed at the joke. Yeah. Then he looked over at his wife, and she said, "Get out there and smack him." So he did. <laughs> Has Sarah ever given you that look? Has she uh, has she ever given that uh, look of you laughing at something at her expense and uh, has said, uh, uh, "What are you, what are you, what are you doing?" Oh no, not exactly. I'm not gonna. I can't throw off with the best of them, so <laughs> she's not gonna put me in a situation where I'll get smacked down. <laughs> Well, thinking of the slap, and this is a rugby league podcast, uh, we're NRL 720, so we're twice as good as NRL 360, and uh, I thought it'd be remiss if I didn't do some sort of rugby league slap list, so I've got a, I've got a, a top three, because that's all I could really think about, so you ready to hear my list? Yep. At number three, we've got Gus slapping Joey at Blues practice quite a few years back, do you remember that one? <laughs> Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, telling him to wake up to himself and he needs to uh, focus if they're going to beat the Maroons. So uh, we've got Gus slapping Joey at number three. Number two, a very infamous one, Nathan Brown on the sideline pulling in Trent Barrett and the rest of his troops and giving them a good old slap and get into it, boys. Rev up, fire up. So uh, I think he's... Yeah, I don't know where your number one is, but I would have put that there. He slapped about three of them, I thought. Well, number one, it's it's one that gets shown all the time and it's... Back in the 70s and the oh. 80s, I think Tommy Rodonicus yeah. and the West Tigers, and they're all just geeing each other up, slapping each other in the face, slapping each other in the, <laughs> I think down in the groin area, some of them were doing in the background. I mean, they were just slapping anything they can get their hands on, really. So, uh, look. Get ready for the game. That's exactly right. So, slapping has definitely been, you know, involved in rugby league circles over the years. So, that's my list, mate. Number one, Tommy and the, and the Tigers. Number two, Nathan Brown. And uh, number three, Gus slapping Joey in Blues Camp. So, that's. Uh, that's my little slap list, mate. That's that's what I thought I'd bring, contribute. Bring back the slaps. Bring back the slaps. Why not? Let's let's fire the boys up. Let's get them going. You know, like it might have, it might have helped the Broncos on Sunday. Yeah, you know. Well, I think Will Smith was just trying to give Chris Rock a bit of a hand there. He's like, mate, you jokes suck. I'm just going to try and slap the shit out of you, and uh, hopefully you get a bit more funny as the night goes on. I thought he took it pretty well. Who? 
Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Perform- he kept going on with it. Performing on stage in front of uh, millions and millions of people across the world and someone walks up and slaps the shit out of you. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably about as good as you could handle it, I'd say. So uh, I don't think you'd know what the hell what to do in that situation. I don't think he knew what to do either. So he's, <laughs> he, tried yeah. to, uh, he tried to present the next one and they just were like, I'll put the clip up. Uh, mate, so now we'll move on from the Slapgate to, uh, well, the only game really worth... Uh, I guess, talking about from the weekend. And that was the mighty, mighty uh, Brisbane Broncos going down to the... Come on, the Cowboys, come on! 38 points to 12. Uh, the Queensland Derby, it's big brother versus little brother that's been built up over the years. Uh, seems like in recent years, little brother started to stand up to Big Brother and looks like he's had the better of him. So uh, as a proud, staunch Broncos supporter and with your one eye, as they all have, what were your takes from the game on Sunday, mate? They were horrible. <laughs> that's were it? That's, that's it? That's all you got to say? Yeah, that's it. They were horrible. Well, come on, mate. It was actually yeah. disgusting. I waited all day, got in a game of golf in the morning in Bill Wheeler, got back 3 o'clock, perched up, turned it on, I wanted to turn it off after about, well, the first 25 minutes, 26 minutes was pretty good. Mm. And then the Cowboys just, they were too strong. With team with Cohen Hess, and I'm saying team's too strong. <laughs> so, actually, it was probably lucky he went off. I think they, they played they got, very well. They got better. When, yeah, they did, they did grow an extra <laughs> leg when he went off the field. But um, it was surprising. Like, I didn't, I didn't know. I thought... The Cows had a good win against the Raiders, but it's the Raiders, and uh, they were pretty dreadful in that first game against the Doggies. Uh, it caught me by surprise. Uh, it, I didn't think that. I really thought we were going to be in for a, a really you know close game. I thought the start of the game, the first 20 minutes, they were just absolutely going 100 mile an hour. You could really feel the intensity, and it was like, okay, the, the Broncos versus Cowboys local derby games are back. You know, It seems like it's sort of teetered off the last few years, but... Yeah, I didn't really know. I had zero expectations for both teams going into this game. Um, And afterwards, yeah, I think there's a good chance the Cowboys looked a way, way better team than the Broncos. I don't think the scoreline was a bit of a fluke. I think the Cowboys absolutely outplayed the Broncos in every facet of the game. And it was surprising to me because I really thought the Broncos were... And it's just one game of footy and it's start of the season, but... It was quite eye-opening for me. I thought, wow, there was some guys in the Cows team I had no idea about, like Jeremy uh, Jeremiah Nanai. Uh, I didn't even know who he was in round one. Oh, of the, the new million-dollar forward. Well, you played three good games, you, and you, you now play, they want to give you a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, you play three games, and apparently you can ask for a million dollars a year now, and there's clubs lining up to sign him from everywhere. But, uh, yeah, look, hey, do it, do it in the playoffs. Do it for a few seasons, you know. Let's just see how you go. But um, yeah, I think play out your contract first, and then see how it is after that. I don't think negotiating now is probably the best thing for clubs. They've been burned a few times in in the past, so I don't know. Three games. I don't know if that's good enough to get a million dollars, but it looks like it is now. But when does it ever work paying a forward big money? I mean, a lot of people have been contentious over Jason Tamalolo's ten-year deal. Um, and he's the best forward I've seen in the last 10, 15 years of rugby league. So, and even people are saying he shouldn't have got that money. The other guy on the other side of the, the coin there, Payne Haas, where was he? I mean, everyone's talking about he's probably the oh, best forward in the comp and he's like worth... But yeah. um, 
you know, a million dollars a year for paying us. And the whole game, I was like, well, where is he? Is he on the field? What's he doing? Well, I think he still run for 160 metres. So yeah, but it wasn't... the best forward in the game. Well, it wasn't anything meaningful. Like, I didn't notice him do anything that was meaningful to the game. I just thought, and that's just like, if you're going to overpay for a forward like that, and Payne Haas had zero impact on that game and that result whatsoever, even though you said he ran for 160 metres, it was like, okay, but what did it do in the context of the game? They got beaten by 30. So... That's 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 been my whole point when you when you want to pay big money for a forward. It's like he could have run out there and ran two hundred and fifty meters. It wouldn't have mattered. I think the difference is um, the Cowboys players ran for like one hundred and thirty, one hundred and forty plus meters each. The Broncos they only had they only had a couple of forwards that were doing the meters, like Patrick Carrigan and Payne Haas. They're the only ones that ran over one hundred meters. Oh, and the and the eight Keenan Palissy, but. Yeah, he got 117, but the Bronco, the Cowboys, they were up there 140 plus meters each. So when you got all your all your forwards putting in, is when you get the get the win. I guess they were just too strong for the Broncos. Yeah, they definitely they they beat them one through 13. Like there there wasn't there wasn't one player on the Broncos side that played better than his opposition number. I think it was a complete. Complete team effort and um, good on the Cowboys. It's uh, it's exciting. There's, there's a good crop of uh, young guys coming through. Yeah, it's only round three. See if they can put it on for the rest of the year. But uh, yeah, I got to say, I uh, definitely uh, was a bit jumpy around the house despite my uh, COVID haze. I was uh, feeling pretty good about that win. So uh, well done to yeah, the Yeah, it's good. Well One of your Cowboys. three teams got up for the weekend. Mate, good. it was. The other two, uh, unfortunately, did not win for me. One of them lost in. Uh, Pretty bad fashion, losing 22-0. But uh, anyway, we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, only other tidbit, I guess, we've got to talk before getting into the round preview. Queensland Origin News. Billy Slater has appointed Jonathan Thurston and Cameron Smith as his assistants for this year. Uh, is that going to make a difference? Maybe one or two of them pull boots on it. Probably would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think coaching at that level, it's pretty hard. Like, they're all really good players coming in. You only got a week with them anyway, so... Mm. I guess the only thing they're going to bring in is um, what Mel brought in, a bit of passion and stuff. So well, I, mean, I know they might get back to the passion and get the boys fired up the whole week and go out there and rip in. But Thursday was there last year with Greeny. Didn't seem to do too much. Was there for the week. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, that was that was about as uneventful as a Queensland performance as I've seen in those first two games last year. It just seemed like that they did not want to be there whatsoever. I don't think, I don't know if that had anything to do with coaching, if Greeny was trying to make them play down their emotions or something like that. But um, yeah, it was pretty pathetic last year's effort. So there's not, you know, not a, not a high bar to jump over if they're going to be an improvement on last year's series. But um, the three of them together, obviously they've, they're going to have the ultimate respect without of all the players in the group because if you can't listen to those three guys, who the hell are you going to listen to? That's right. Yeah, I love Origin, so yeah. I'm pretty pretty stoked that Billy's uh, coaching. I thought he was a pretty good player, and looks like he might even be a look in for the Melbourne job next year. So, yeah, and Kenty was going yeah. on like on 360 the other night, like, oh, they really should have got a coach. Like, what's it going to be? All three of them haven't got any experience coaching on any level. Billy Slater, what's he coach? Rah rah. It's like. Okay, sweet, but last season you had Paul Green, who is a premiership-winning coach, has been to two grand finals and has coached for probably 10 or so years in the top grade, and how good was that performance last year? So it's like... Yeah, I'm know. sure some can argue that Cam Smith was pretty much an assistant coach at the Storm anyway. If oh, you yeah. see an interview with Craig Bellamy, he's always saying that Cam Smith was the assistant, so I think, he, I think he's um, got plenty of experience to be there. 
Yeah. It's not like these guys get into origin camp and they get taught how to kick and pass the ball. Like, those guys all know how to do that. It's just – it's more just probably a mindset, a game plan and, uh, you know, getting the boys in a confident sort of mindset on how they want to win origin games. And those three guys have done it more than any other players in history. So I think they'll have a pretty good chance at uh, getting Queensland back on track this year. Yeah, can't wait for origin. Round four with already talking about it, so it's good. <laughs> uh, mate, who do we want to run it straight from last weekend? Oh, well, Mike Katoni Stakes, he definitely didn't do it, so he didn't listen to the pod last week. Um, you could put him again, mate, or, or pretty much anyone from the Broncos, but yeah. Oh, mate, Katoni can get dropped to a Q Cup for a few weeks. Run it straight down there, mate. Come back when, you, come back when you're fully fit. Uh, run it straight this week. Oh, the whole Tigers team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> throw, throw, throw Madge in there as well. Oh, Michael Maguire. I don't know how he's – he definitely doesn't have hair and he's never getting it back ever. It's hey, not like it's going to be Lockyer's hair and it's going to grow back. He's looking pretty uh, – he's looking very much like a skeleton these days, Michael Maguire. I think he um, – coaching's definitely taken his soul. Yeah, Luke Brooks, have a crack. He has dragged the West Tigers just down, down, down. And I know it's easy to throw the half back under the bus, but you got to start somewhere. And if they need a new half, they need to start doing it quickly. He's yeah. been there for too many years now, and he hasn't made the finals. And yeah, they, they they throw him around for international games and that. And he's he's a long way off the pace at the moment. He shouldn't even be in those talks. I'm kind of glad the Knights didn't pull the trigger with him in the off season because Adam Clune, I thought it's been a nice little addition to the team. But well, mate, Adam Clune, Luke Brooks at the moment couldn't show on his boots. <laughs> yeah, it's um. There's just there's just and no who is Adam Clem. There is no <laughs> there is no confidence in that team whatsoever. So you just nah. their body language looks horrible. Um it's only a matter of time until Madge is gone, I think. I think there's only two players in the Tigers team that have played in the finals, so Yeah. Yeah. They've just got they just don't know how to win at the moment. Well they just cannot get a win. Yeah, I mean I think Blocker said it the best the other day. He said the Warriors haven't won this, the Tigers have lost it. It's the worst performance I've ever seen from them. Well, you can say that, but you can also look at both the Cowboys and the Broncos, and you can see those two teams. There's only three or four guys in both teams that have probably ever played finals or played meaningful amount of games in the NRL as well. The three quarters of those teams are very, very raw new talent, and they, I mean, despite the scoreline, it was still a pretty good like performance of a game. Like the game was had a bit of intensity. There was a lot of skill to it. Um, it was very up and down, like it was a really entertaining game. And I mean, if you're comparing those young up and coming squads to the Tigers, it's like they're just they're just way off. They're not even anywhere close to what those two teams are producing at the moment. Tigers at the moment, they're definitely the spoon team. I think the bull or the Bulldogs show way more than the Tigers do at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got the Tigers down for the spoon, and Michael Maguire mm. probably round eight, nine, even though Tim Sheens has backed him for the whole year. That's the I only that's the only caveat is Tim Sheens in the background and you wouldn't think that Tim Sheens would let stuff get to the point where they you know have won one game from 10 or something like that so yeah who knows yeah tiger town it's not looking like a great season for you so far but uh we'll see if it improves we'll see what happens um yeah, so Run it straight, the whole Tigers team. Whole Tigers team. Uh, for me, I'm going to say Jared Waria Hargraves. There has not been a bigger cat in rugby league in the last 10, 15 years than him. He is one of those dogs that his his bark is nowhere near as much as he thinks his bite is. Uh, <laughs> like, 
He is dead set that little French bulldog at the park that thinks he can take on all the big 60-kilo dogs. And then when the 60-kilo dog actually turns around and looks at him, he just runs towards the corner. Um, all the hype up of the big, you know, we're going to bash Latrell for what he did to Manu last season, rah, rah, rah. On the sidelines, he was giving it to Latrell, you wait, you wait until we play you next. And then we've been waiting for this matchup for, what, six, seven, eight months now. That game was over in five minutes. Like, you could see... You could see the rabbits just came out and just physically gave it to the roosters in every tackle in the first five minutes. And that's been my problem with the roosters forwards for years. JWH is apparently the leader of the roosters forward pack and he's a cat. Like he honestly, he, he, I've never seen that dude actually play tough. As soon as you give it to him in the first few minutes, he just backs down and doesn't do anything for the rest of the game. And the rest of the Roosters forwards do the exact same. Whenever you give it to them early on, they just sit back and do nothing. So, for me, yeah, run it well. straight. Jared Weir Hargraves. Like, he's just, he's always talked a big game like he's one of the toughest guys in the NRL. And uh, I've never really seen him show it, to be honest. Yeah, well, in that game, therefore, the South forwards just dominated. They, they all ran over 100 metres as well. And the Roosters forwards, there's only two or three of them that got that 100 metre mark. So, that's where the games are won and lost in the forwards, and mm. they didn't turn up. And Jared Hargraves is one of the better, well, one of their leaders in the forward pack, and yeah. he did nothing to nothing to squash the rabbits on the on the Friday night. Nah, and there was no square up. There was no physicality from him. There was no him trying to assert his dominance and be physical and even try and smash Latrell. Every time Latrell got the ball, he was he was driving them backwards. Yeah, so Latrell played good. He did. So he did play very got good. Got to try. Yep. Um, Hume's hero for the week. Yeah, Nico Hines. Nico Hines. Okay, that's a yeah, for the shark. That is a very good pick. He's um, he's uh, loving life down there in the in the Sutherland Shire by the looks of it. Yeah, Thursday night he's a, he's a kicker for goal. He got five from six. He's got a try. He's steering the Sharks team around pretty well and going from uh, utility at the at the Storm into a halfback role. He's done awesome. Yep. <laughs> you can't take that away from him. He steered the Sharks around pretty well and. Yeah, Nico Hines this week for Hume's Hero of the Week. There you go. Hume's Hero two, of the Week. Two halfbacks. I don't know if you'll... Two halfbacks in a row. I don't know if you'll get off the halves. Love them. <laughs> well, usually if your half plays well, it uh, usually dictates the game and can uh, lead to a win, I guess. So Yeah, I'd like to see Adam Reynolds do that for the Broncos. I'd like That's to get... what we bought him for. Wow. Kicked it out on the full twice. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks Renault. Yep. Yep. Brought in that expertise kicking game. For me, I'll just put a, a nice little caveat out there for Ray Stone. Um, I can't think of anyone that's torn an ACL and scoring a match-winning try before. Um, <laughs> poor, poor Ray looks like he's not really accustomed to doing a, a big right foot sort of step to, to evade the fullback. But, uh, yeah, poor bloke. Um, you watch on the replay, his knee sort of buckles and goes about four different directions before he's even put the ball down. But... Uh, yeah, Ray Stone, mate. I'll uh, I'll say you're my hero for the week, mate, because uh, you sacrificed an ACL for the uh, for the win for the boys there, and they, a game they really needed against the Storm. So, uh, well, yeah, well, they come back well, didn't they? And yeah. it was all on the back of Ray Stone. That was a the really Eels. entertaining game as well. Like I, I didn't know how it was going to be. The Eels always seem to get up for the Storm, and they've been a bit of a bogey for them the last few years. But yeah, I, uh, positive signs for the Eels. Yes, the Storm got out to an early lead, and. Um Eels just hung in there, and I think Ray Stone was probably the one who uh, did the best there. He played well. All right, let's get into our round four preview and go through the team lists. Like I said, we're about a day late, so we've had to 
bit more time to uh, have a look at the lists, or have you even managed to look at them yet, Reese, or are you just leaving everything to me? Nah, I've had a quick look through. I've <laughs> got some thoughts about this week. Excellent. All right. Well, we start uh, tomorrow night because it is uh, Wednesday today. So tomorrow night at Seabus Stadium down the road here on the Gold Coast, uh, we've got the Titans and the Tigers. We mentioned already about the Tigers a fair bit. The Titans, you'd think if they're going to do anything this year, they need to make sure they get the two points against a team like the Tigers. Oh, man, if they don't win against the Tigers... You may as well just put the Titans down the bottom of the ladder and don't even worry about them. It's weirdly, but, but that, that, that loss, they, I mean, they're up 22-0 at halftime to the Raiders and lost 24-22. Do you remember when they yeah. played the game against the Broncos and they were up 22-0 after like 15 minutes and then it was 22-all before halftime? Yeah, I do remember that game, actually. So that's not the uh, first time in the last 12 months they've blown a 22-point lead. Like, they did it against the Broncos last season, so... I just, yeah, the, the Titans, they're a team that can score 20 points in, in quick succession, but they can give up three or four tries in quick succession as well. I don't know what is going on with the coaching of that team. It is just, yeah, it, it's a cluster F if you ask me. Yeah, I think I said it last week or maybe the week before, but the Titans are an under-20s team. Yeah, they, they, they can score really quick, but they can leak points very quickly. But they kind of are an under-20s team. I mean, you look at their, who's, who's the veteran leader in that team? Like, is it Tino? Well, they got Jermaine Osako in this week. Well, Jermaine Osako could be the most experienced player in the whole lineup. Like, I'm looking at Toby Sexton, AJ Brimson, Marzu, Patrick Herbert, Brian Kelly, Corey Thompson, Mo Fadawaka, Aaron Clark, Isaac Leo, David Fifita, Bo uh, Firma, and Tino. I mean, have any of those guys played 50 NRL games? Well, maybe Fifita and Tino, they've been around a little bit. Like, yeah. But I don't know. I just, I still find it hard that they've got Jared Wallace. Just at the 18th man, eh? Like mm. he's probably their most experienced forward. Yeah, surely he's good enough to make the starting team after those couple of late losses in games. Like just just direct them around the paddock a bit more. Yeah. I know it's not the forward's job, but just to strengthen up the up the middle there and just um, get him over the line in those late games. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's not training well well enough to be in the team. They've got a talented team, but that is the problem. Like you can't you can't play with a bunch of guys who are early twenty something year olds. Like it's just like I said, that team. I don't even know if there's anyone over the age of twenty five in the starting thirteen. So yeah, it's just it's really really hard. And like they're talented enough to score points against anyone, but yeah, they they need a couple of a few old heads just to sort of direct them in the park just to to get you know, things back on track because it just seems like once the momentum shifts to the other team in their games, they just, they have no idea how to stop the leak from going. There you go, mate. I used a, used a plumbing term for you there. Yeah, vegetable. Get the leak from under the sink. <laughs> Who are we tipping? I'm on the Titans. Titans, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Tigers didn't show me anything last week. No. And the Titans were promising for one half of football, just couldn't stay there for two. Yep. I think there's there's no point even tipping the Tigers at all this season, I think, by the way they're looking. But, yep, the Titans can get back on track with a win this week. So um, we'll move to Friday night, 5 p.m. game. Interesting matchup, Cronulla Sharks and the Newcastle Knights. Both teams are 2-1. and one. Winner of this will stay in the top four. The loser will probably drop to somewhere in the bottom part of the eight. This will be an interesting one. This is really going to let us know, I think, early on which team is sort of switched on and knows who they are. The Knights team's probably obviously been together a little bit more, so they've got a little bit more experience. Kalen Ponga, if he plays this week, will be a big in for the Knights. Um, missing a few players. They've got still David Clemmer out. They've still got, uh, obviously, 
Lachlan Fitzgibbon still another week away, and then Mitch Barnett getting six weeks from the judiciary for a little bit of a love tap against the Panthers the other week, uh, which pretty much cost them the game. They had to play 50 minutes with only 12 players. The Sharks... There's a check and release. Check, check, and, check release. and release. There you go. That's exactly what it was. The Sharkies, I've said all season, I really like their team. I like the forward pack. I like the halves. I like the back line. Uh, yeah, real danger game for, for my Knights here. I um, it's, a, yeah, it's a bit of a coin toss for me. Which way are you going? I think I'll go the Knights. I'll probably bounce back after that loss to Panthers. They did. They had showed a little bit of a comeback there. If I reckon Cliff, Clifford kicks that goal on their last try, they get within mm. 12 or whatever it was. I think they were a chance then, but yep. even with 12 players, I think they'll bounce back. And the Sharks had a pretty good win last week, so they might be a bit like the Broncos. Read the paper this week, so it's going to be an easy game, but I think the Knights will be there to play. Mm. I'll, I'll tip the Knights, but would not be surprised at all if the Sharks pull a good win out of this. So it'll be close. The Sharks are your fourth team, aren't they? Yeah, they might be after this week. Who knows? Yeah. Could, they will be. Mate, you just can never have enough teams. I keep telling you that. Seven o'clock on Friday night. Big matchup. It's a, well, it's a grand final rematch, isn't it? The Penrith Panthers and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs are now bouncing around after getting their first win. Um, they look like a completely different team after that round one loss to the Broncos. Nathan Cleary's a big in for the Panthers this week, and they've been playing pretty well without him. Uh, I can't see the Panthers losing this game. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think the Panthers will be too good. Isaiah Yo, Nathan Cleary, mm. <laughs> they're, they're probably the two best players in the game at the moment. Nathan hasn't even played this year. I think the Rabbits, yeah, they would have taken a bit out of them last week, getting up for a big game against the Roosters. Uh, Panthers, they're still coasting, I reckon. Mm. And... Having Nathan Cleary back, that probably gets them up again this weekend, looking around dressing room, seeing that he's in the team. That'll be enough to get him over the line. I've got a player comparison for you, mate. 2022 Isaiah Yao or 2017 Jason Tamalolo? I'm taking Tamalolo. Mm. He was devastating in 2017. Isaiah Yao's more of a halfback and a finesse player. But he if I want is. a runner, I want Tamalolo. Yeah, Isaiah Yao almost basically plays 5'8 more than Jerome Luai does. Like Jerome Luai just sort yep. of seems like he plays almost like a like an instinctive fullback, sort of like a second fullback almost. Yeah, Jerome Luai's got the best job in the game. He just runs around, mm. puts a little few little kicks in. I say, hey, yo, he's his link man. He's getting him in the space and everything. So, yeah. but if I want a damaging forward, I'm taking Tamalolo 2017 any day. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the best the best forward I've seen ever. 2017, Jason Tamalolo. Uh, I'll give you one more. 2015, Jonathan Thurston. Or 2022, Albert Kelly. <laughs> I'm taking Thurston. That's the, I said Albert Kelly had Thurston. Hey, you try and justify it whichever way you want, mate. I just, you know, I I actually didn't hear you when we were recording the pod properly last week. And then I had to, like, let it sit for 10 seconds. And I went, hang on, hang on, hang on. Did you, did you just compare Albert Kelly to Jonathan Thurston? I said he had his effort. I didn't mm-hmm. say he was with Jonathan Thurston. I said he put effort in. He could have used a bit of that effort last week, mm. Albert Kelly. Mm. Mm. But well, yeah, I'm taking Thurston. Well, speak of the Devils, we've got the Broncos in the next game. Two o'clock on Saturday, up at Redcliffe. Uh, it's a home game for both teams. Uh, the New Zealand Warriors up against the Brisbane Broncos. This is a danger game for the Broncos. Like, you need that big bounce back after uh, getting your first loss and uh, getting absolutely walloped by a little brother of the Cowboys. The Warriors have been sort of hit and miss this season. 
A um, couple of former players and Reese Walsh and Cody Nicarima and Jesse Arthurs. So there's a few guys there, uh, Matt Lodge. So there's a few guys probably wanting a bit of uh, revenge on the old Broncos. But uh, are you going to keep your one eye on for this one and tip the Broncos? They have to win this game. They have to. If they don't win this game, they may as well rot the ear off. This is a must-win game for the Broncos. Mm, mm. So where, where, they are have they, to be where, where are they going to improve, mate? Where are they going to win this game? Well, I think Adam Reynolds will be... If he's not on this week, he may as well go back to South. Wow. Four weeks, giving it to him already. <laughs> Four weeks. Catch you later, mate. Just just, just get you and your COVID gravy leg out of here. Look, he's only had two games, but I think I think his kicking is going to bring him back into this game. He would he would have been filthy at himself on, on Sunday night, kicking two out on the full. He's not going to do that two weeks in a row. Mm. I think the, the Fords will stand up. Patrick Carrigan and Payne Haas, they've been playing great all year. They just need the other boys to come in. And Jordan Ricky, he's back this week. So, uh, what about your boy um, Katoni Staggs? You wanted to run it straight. Um, running it straight with the ball in his hands, one thing. Um, does he know that in defence it's not two hand touch, and uh, he's actually got to put his shoulder in and put his body on the line and tackle guys? Because he he brought Val Holmes back to life last week. He had Val's number for the first ten minutes, and I say Val had it for seventy after that. Mm. Val looked a bit scared in the first 10 minutes, and then he went, hang on a second, Katoni's not even turned up today. Mm. I'm going to put a show on you. Yeah. That, so, was, that, was, that was Val's best game in a Cowboys jersey. I was excited for a Queensland to actually have a centre in contention. <laughs> Val looked all right. He might have that number three or four locked up for the Queensland team if mm. he played it like that every week. Mm. That was, like I said, that was his best game in a Cowboys jersey. Uh, Tessie New, Selwyn Cobbo, they looked... Uh, a little bit iffy at the back. Yeah, Selwyn had a bit of a quiet game, and I'll give him a rap last week, so he might have listened to the podcast last week. Mm. So he's um, he's better off just getting in the getting in, getting out of the hard rucks out of their end, and um, getting into the game. I think he stayed out a little bit too much last week. Mm. Herbie again, Ernie's money got through tries last week, and he'll back that up again this week. He's on fire at the moment. The pommy, I love him. Uh, Flegler, your boy Flegler's back. He'll give him a bit of a boost off the bench. Yeah, back from suspension, so he'll be ready to go. Let the boys down, but he'll be ready to go this year. Bit of redhead in the team, eh? You need that. Need, need a good ranger. Um, all right, I probably don't need to ask, but where are you leaning? I'll go to the Broncos. Yep, I will too. Put me down for the Broncos, mate. Uh, 4.30 on Saturday. Another interesting game. The Manly Sea Eagles at Glen Willow Oval in Mudgee. Taking the game to Mudgee against the Canberra Raiders. Uh, Raiders we'll have the big comeback. And uh, Manly, still not impressive. I mean, 13-12, it was a real scrappy, wet-weather game against the Dogs. Uh, I think that's just going to be the Dogs all season. They're just going to have these low-scoring bludger games all year long. Um, but Manly, still not convincing. I uh, still don't know what's what's happening with that team yet. Yeah, Manly and Raiders, they both got out of, got out of jail last week, but... Manly, that that shows they got a little bit of a little bit of championness in them because they shouldn't have won that game. Mm. And I said it two weeks ago: you got to win them close games. You want to be in the top eight at the end of the year. I'm going to go with Manly again this week. I think that win will just relax them a little bit. And the Raiders, they're only good week in week out, so yeah, they're due for a loss. Yeah, I think every good game they have, they're going to have about two or three bad games. But um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a danger game for them because the Raiders know they've probably got nothing to really lose. I mean, no one's expecting them to do anything this year, so they can just go out there and do whatever they want, really. Manly still got all the pressure on them, even though I think they squeaked out that win. I, um, I'm just not convinced. It just seems like the whole weight of that team's expectations is still on Tommy Turbo to do something, and no one else really offers anything else for the, for the team in terms of scoring any points or trying to get up the field. So... Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll tip Manly, but I, I really think this is a danger game. Like, I can't, I can't confidently tip a team that hasn't really played at least one good half in three games of footy yet this season. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the interview with Jake Vojvich after the <laughs> game on Fox, but he was just pumped to get the win. He must have, they must have been getting hammered by Dez yep. uh, not winning. So I yep. think that'll just release a bit of pressure and they'll just go on with it now for a couple of games. Mm, you'd hope so anyway. 6.35 on Saturday. It's turning into a bit of a, a, bit of a blockbuster now, this one. Um, are you going to get out to the game, mate? The North Queensland Cowboys after a huge win, big two wins in a row, second on the ladder against the Sombrero Cap. Sydney Roosters. Um, the Roosters have not been convincing this year. The Cowboys have sort of come out of the gates now. Um, this is interesting. I I think I might tip the Cowboys. I think I'm going to tip the Cowboys too. Oh, 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 oh look at him. <laughs> I might. There's, I normally buy a polo for every team that plays against the Cowboys, and Roosters one I will I will not buy. So yep. I'm actually thinking about buying a Cowboys shirt. I don't know if I, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Going back on my not hate for the Cowboys, but I think I need to support a team in a in a game, and the Cowboys this week will be the team I support. I am not really sure about defensively the halves for the Roosters. Um, it really seems to be the teams are targeting their forty kilo halves in Luke Carey and Sam Walker because they're just they're running everything on the edges at those two guys so I don't think Chad Townsend and Tom Deedon are much bigger than them but they run pretty hard so I mean well Luke Carey and Sam Walker they just look like they 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 got 10 missed tackles a game in them like every team is just sort of really asking the defenders around them to sort of commit and leaving them on an island one-on-one and the teams are just carving them up every single time and South's exploited it again last week. My man Jared Wurihaga has actually been demoted to number 17. Uh, Lindsay Collins and Taki are the starting front rowers with Connor Watson at hooker. Um, yeah, it's uh, Nat Butcher and Tupanua are the, are the back rowers with Victor Adley. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they put Crichton on the bench again. I thought his game last weekend was pretty good. Mm. Um, he ran over 100 metres last week, but yeah, I don't know. Bruce is probably still trying to find himself, and after that loss last week, it hasn't helped him, but Cowboys have all the confidence going in this week oh, after beating the Broncos. They would Coming be, back home, yeah. they'll probably actually get some people to the game this week because bandwagon supporters up here in North Queensland, they'll jump on this week and thinking they're going to go probably grand final already, they're probably thinking. They'd have to get 20,000, um, surely 20,000 come to this game on Saturday night. It's perfect time, 6.30. Big game Beautiful against the Roosters. It is perfect weather right now up there. So uh, the Roosters, you know, the Roosters are a big, got a big fan base everywhere they go as well. So surely if you guys don't get 20,000 and uh, get sort of a, a semi-final type atmosphere, then there's something wrong. And we've got the new million-dollar Ford as well. So <laughs> Jeremiah and I. How much pressure is he going to be feeling this week? Like for the first time in his life, he's got national media talking about him, and apparently he's got six or seven NRL teams chasing his signature for next year. So uh, I've noticed Cohen Hess is still named at number ten. Um, Jordan McLean 
Yeah. How good was he last week? I didn't even know he was still in the NRL until last week. I was like, who's this big rangy front rower taking 15 metre runs? I'm like, oh shit, that's Jordan McLean. I, I didn't know he was still there. Yeah, that's what I said to you. The whole four pack's got to stand up and that's what they did last week and Cohen Hess went off to the sore shoulder and he's ready to go this week. So. Mm. I don't know. They might want him to go off with a sore shoulder again. Uh, so we're both tipping the Cowboys. Yeah, both on the Cowboys. How different a couple of weeks makes. We were both off yeah, them after, after round one. Yeah, they were bottom of the ladder. <laughs> uh, Sunday, 4 p.m., Amy Park in Melbourne. The Melbourne Storm against the Bulldogs. Like we said, the Bulldogs just seem to have these low-scoring, scrappy games every single week. Big in for the Storm. It looks like this will be probably the first game this season that they've actually had their spine. Uh, Pappenhausen, Munster, Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant are all named. Um, Xavier yep. Coates is back on the wing as well, so that's another big inclusion for him. Brandon Smith's going to be the 14 off the bench. This is probably their strongest team they've had all season, the Storm, and uh, I see a pretty easy win for them. I think it's illegal for the Storm to lose two games in a row, so that won't happen. Mm. Um, Craig Bellamy will probably kill someone if it does. Yeah, the Bulldogs, as good as they have been, I don't think they're good enough to beat the Storm at home. I'm on the Storm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm on the Storm as well. Uh, the Dogs again. I just, I don't, I don't know what that team is. Like, I just, it's. I know it's only been three weeks, but I just can't. They play slow. They play very methodical. It's like they play very predictable. Like, it's just. It really seems like they just do four rucks and a kick most of the time. They just get through their sets, and then they just want Burton to do some big torpedo bomb and hope that one of the back three drops it. Like, it really seems like that's their game plan. And it's not too bad of a game plan to get Burton to do them kicks. I think it worked once or twice off. It's not going to work against the Storm. They're just going to suffocate them. Yeah, yeah. I see a pretty easy Storm win there, and then I think uh, Trent Barrett might be under a bit of pressure going in next week. Uh, 6.15 to close out round four. The Parramatta Eels are at home to the St. George Dragons. Parramatta having their first win of the season, so they'll be feeling pretty confident. Um, they're back at home against the Dragons. Dragons haven't been bad this year. Like They've kind of been okay, even though their record doesn't show it. Um, they've got a good mix of guys there. Uh, Moses Zembai's back-ended hooker again for Andrew McCulloch. Hasn't made a miraculous recovery yet. Yeah, what do you think of this game? Uh, this is my toss of the coin for the week, eh? Because... Mm-hmm. Dragons, they can turn up, and they've shown that the first couple of weeks. But yeah. I don't know. I think Parramatta getting the win over the Storm would have been a really tough game for them to get up for, and mm. it is hard to back up two weeks in a row in the NRL. True. Dragons, they got probably a little bit more to play for at mm. the moment. Yep. And I think Eels probably think it's a bit of an easy game, so I'll probably back Dragons in this game. This will be the game I go against you, I reckon. Mm, I will tip Eels just because I think Talent-wise, their team is a lot more superior to the Dragons. But the Dragons have played better. Like, if you were to say, out of the two teams, who have, who's actually put three better performances together, it's actually been the Dragons. So, even though they got absolutely pumped by the Sharkies last week, the Sharkies, I think, are a pretty half-decent team. So, yeah, I think if, if, if any game's going to be an upset this week, I think this is the one. I think I wouldn't be completely shocked if the Dragons won. But, yeah, I'll tip the eel. So, we're going to go against each other on that one? Yeah, we're going against each other on that one. I'll go bit of a same game multi there. I'll probably go the Dragons to win. Oh. Jack Bird to score a try. Jack Bird to score a try. You still you still want the Broncos to bring him back, don't you? No, 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 no. We we wasted six million dollars on Jack Bird. I don't want to do it again. Right, I told you he made Milton McDonald's very, very profitable during those years. 
Yeah, he was a professional Macca's eater when he lived in Brisbane. <laughs> he didn't do much footy play. You guys were wearing the same shirts those years, that's for sure. Uh, have you got a first try scorer, a multi, anything like that for me for the weekend? You are the tipping guru I'll around here when it comes to same game multis. So I did give you a multi in that last game. Yeah, what do right. you want, a first try scorer? Give me, give me, give me a first oh, probably, try scorer um, for the round, yeah. Yeah, I'm on uh, Xavier Coates. I knew you were going to say <laughs> Xavier Coates. As soon as I said a first try scorer, I, get, I bet he goes Xavier Coates. I think having the team back, you know, all the players back, Harry Grant and that. They're just going to direct him around the park a bit better. And Xavier Coates missed last week as well. He'll be keen to get up there, up at Gazelle's, eh, and put that try, put, put ball over the try line. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and he'll do it first. So Xavier Coates, just put a sneaky, yep. what, two, three hundred on him for first try score this week? What's he paying, about eight bucks, ten bucks? Yeah, I reckon he'd be about a 750, 850 mark. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon that's probably a probably a safe bet. Yeah. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> All right, Racy. I think that's going to be short and sweet, mate. I think we're uh, I think we're all done for the week. Sweet, mate. Can't wait for the weekend footy. That's all right. Talk um, to you next week. Yeah. Thanks for sticking around after work, mate. You can go home and have your pre-dinner dinner on the way home. I will. <laughs> I'm sure you will. All right, that's going to do it for NRL 720 Podcast for round four. Thanks for sticking around. We'll see you next week.